0: Welcome to Restored Life Radio. At Restored Life, we believe you were created for a great purpose with great promise and provision. That's why we're here. We're here to help you overcome the obstacles that keep you from the pinnacle you were meant for. And now, here's our restored life coach, Dwayne Wolf. You've been listening to Restored Life Radio. For more information on the Restored Life Institute, contact us at 253 253- I want to talk to you today a little bit about a crazy, uh, kind of a crazy sideways twist on overcoming rejection. I want to talk to you about justifying rejection. Because I really think that sometimes, um, um, sometimes uh, we think that faith will take us where wisdom uh, has not been laid as a foundation. And so, we could pray for the Seahawks, we certainly could. But if we prayed as much for the Seahawks as the other teams praying for the Jags, then it would boil down to preparation, wouldn't it? And it would boil down to readiness, and it would boil down to skill, and it would boil down to really the factors or the pillars of wisdom is what it would boil down to. And, and I think that uh, in our own lives, uh, oftentimes, we we get over spiritual because we blame things on the enemy that really are more related to wisdom than they are devils. And you can't cast dumb out. And so this is where, this is, wisdom is the balance to charismania. And uh, so I want to talk to you a little bit about this because sometimes I feel like that uh, we can get so charismatic and so wild and so full of faith and so demonstrative and so crazy, so excited in our faith and in our charismata that what happens is that we omit or overstep or go around the wisdom sometimes and so we miss wisdom. So, you know, wisdom, and you could probably give me many applications of it. Like, like wisdom, you know, it's, it, wisdom is, is changing your tires as they approach boldness. And if you don't and you get a blowout, then for you to blame the devil might not be wise. <laughs> wisdom is to study for the exam, not to pray that God gives you knowledge that you didn't study. Remember what Jesus said about the Holy Spirit? He will bring all things to your remembrance. So in other words, it has to get in for the Holy Spirit to bring it out. Yes, that's wisdom. Jesus said the good man out of the good treasure within him will bring forth good things. If there's not... What did I say? You can't... I love it. This is like like a major point of the message right now. You can't cast dumb out. I rebuke dumb in Jesus' name. The other thing is crazy is you can't impart smart. You can't impart smart. I command smart to come in Jesus' name. Jesus said, Ma-. he's going to come up pretty quick. You can't impart smart. These should be, these should be patented. These are like branding tools of, Logos of ingenuity. All right, so. You hear what I'm saying? So, you know, you don't study for the exam, but you pray that you pass with flying colors. Hello, somebody. Okay. So sometimes we're, and the point is sometimes that we are, we're thinking that faith will take us where we don't have a foundation of wisdom. We're thinking, and this is an error, this is an error to think that faith will take us where we don't have a foundation of wisdom. If you don't have wisdom before you have faith, then Peter says in 2 Peter chapter 1, he says, build on your faith. Excited about another day of Restored Life Radio. Thanks for tuning in. God bless. We're available at 253-922-1502. We encourage you to call in. We'll be offering the Restored Life Radio encounter soon, and we want you to sign up and get involved in that. We also want you to check in for the Restored Life Manual and Materials. Let's go right back to the program. If foundation is the faith of your life, and Paul says that I built like a master architect, he says when I built my life According to the spirit I built my life like a master architect and he said no man can lay a foundation other than Christ. However, he says be careful each of you how you build. So 2 Peter chapter 1 verses 1 through 3 Lay a foundation of the promises, lay a foundation of faith, and it says that we overcome, we're set up to overcome deception in the world, corruption in the world through the precious and magnificent promises of God. Some of which we, we need to lay that foundation. By the way, the promises of God be, go beyond you're forgiven. The understanding of forgiveness is just opening the door of salvation, John 3.3. 3. You can't come into the kingdom unless you come in by being born again through forgiveness. But you got, the kingdom is really big, and most people are just standing at the door. So we've got to get in because it's expansive and great. So he, but he goes on in 2 Peter chapter 1, after verse 3, he says that we're to build on our faith that we're bu- to build on our faith. And uh, so this is, this is it's, it's important. Uh, and we could probably give you lots of examples of dumb and where we blamed it on the enemy, right? All of us have blamed demons when it was a lack of wisdom. So here's what I wa- where I want to go with us relationally. And I want to swing this over into a relational thought pattern and thinking about rejection because a lot of us have been tempted, even yours truly, to overcome rejection with rejection. We're not totally free from rejection ourselves. We feel the sting of offense, hurt. We still are packing around residual elements of bitterness and unforgiveness. We tend to react quickly when we perceive an offense, and what happens is, if we're not careful, we can find ourselves, or not see it, overcoming or seeking to overcome rejection with rejection. Now, the way we do this in Christianity, and the way we do this in church, is we do it very slyly. We justify it. Not realizing, and here's where I want to go with this, not realizing that some of the disfavor that we find as we come into Christ and as we come into the family and as we come into light and illumination and forgiveness, some of the disfavor and rejection and the problems we're actually finding in life are due to the smoke we still have on our garments. And the way we look at life and handle life, the way we snip at people, snap at people the way we deal with people, the way that we, and so, but instead of us looking at us, oftentimes then we can, and we have to be cautious about this, and I know I'm probably only talking to one person in the whole auditorium, but then we can justify, we can justify our rejecting of others, and we can hide it under a spiritual guise in that, well, you know, it doesn't matter to me what they think, you know? And you know I don't need to be loved anymore, you know, and I'm free from that anyway. You know, and I'm sick of impressing people or thinking about it. And you know, I don't ca- you know, I don't care if they don't like what I'm wearing. And if they don't like the way I talk, they're going to have to get over it because the Lord loves me. I read the book, I'm accepted. They probably just don't appreciate my gifting. And so what happens is in our in our and so we're thinking that our faith is going to take us where our foundation won't support us. We're, we're thinking that, that just because we're in him now, nothing matters. And, and, and certainly, we've talked about the fear of man. The fear of man is a snare. Certainly, we don't want to walk in the fear of man. But, but however, we have to understand and realize that, that being ostracized or rejected by people should be without cause. That's 1 Peter chapter, 1 Peter, not second. that's 1 Peter chapters 3 and chapter 4. And he says, if you are slandered or reviled for the cause of Christ or when there's no cause, then he says, great glory will come to rest upon you. For Jesus was also treated in this way. And then he says... That if you will hang on, and this is the way it works, because we, we can look at hardships with Daniel. We can look at hardships with Joseph. We can look at hardships with David, yes? Where they sought to put God first, but they weren't people haters. Putting God first in his opinion of you loving his opinion of you and agreeing with his opinion of you doesn't make you a people hater it makes you a people lover it doesn't move you into disfavor it moves you into ultimate favor the fruit of the spirit is not stinky it's actually quite attractive the fruit of the spirit actually draws people to you because they want to eat the fruit that's on your root and so if it takes a while for you to be vindicated and he says you will be vindicated then if it takes a while for you to be vindicated hang on you will be vindicated. The wisdom from above is sown in peace by those who make peace. James chapter 3, 13 through 17. Let's go over to 1 Peter chapter 5. Be careful if you're feeling stressed out and oppressed and overlooked by others because your enemy, the devil, goes about as a roaring lion seeking those to devour, but resist him strong in the faith and in due season, you will be yourself lifted up. Verse 10, I love verse 10. And after you have suffered for a little while, a life of disfavor is not right. Something's wrong with you. If you think that everybody is rejecting you because of your gift, because you're so cool in God, because you're so amazing, because nobody understands you, because you're so spiritual, and if you're justifying it in that, well, God loves me and understands me, and I don't need anybody to love me anymore, then you are out of line. And disfavor will only last for a little while, then God shows up, blows the chaff away, and moves you into the next place of favor. Arise and shine, your light is come. The glory of the Lord is risen upon you. If people can't stand you, be worried. Because salt and light, salt and light. Jesus didn't show up in the tavern or at the IRS office and condemn everybody when he showed up at the tavern and the irs office everybody was drawn to him and not a word of condemnation was in his mouth some of the disfavor we have is because it's coming from those that we judge wherein we ought to shut up and guess what if you judge them in private they can smell it in public did you hear that if you judge them in private they can smell it in public Thanks again for tuning in to Restored Life Radio. We're so glad that you're with us. Restored Life Radio is brought to you in part by New Horizon Church. New Horizon is a church created for your restoration. We meet right off of the freeway in Fife, exit 137 central to the whole Puget Sound. Join us at New Horizon this weekend and come and visit our website, www newhcc.com. That's newhcc.com. Come and discover a new horizon with us. If you want to call us by the telephone, 253-922-1502. We'd love to hear from you, love to connect and get you to the Restored Life Seminar. Verse 10 After you have suffered for a little while, the God of all grace, who called you to his eternal glory in Christ, will himself perfect, confirm, strengthen, and establish you. Perfect, confirm, strengthen, and establish you. No suffering relationally, relationally, no suffering is meant to last forever. God wants you, God wants you as the the very center of influence in the earth. God wants you as the very center of influence in the earth. Come on, you've you've got the oil of joy on you. How many of you have the oil of joy on you? That's a promise. The promise is that I will, this is Isaiah, he says, I will put on them the oil of joy. Instead of the garment of fainting, instead of, instead of sorrow, depression, fainting, you're going to have the oil of joy, the oil of gladness on you. The Word says that Jesus was anointed with the... When Jesus showed up anywhere, I, it says that he grew in stature or he grew in favor with God and man. When Jesus showed up anywhere... People were drawn to him like crazy. And it says it's because he loved Father's business so much. He loved righteousness so much that God anointed him with the oil of gladness above all else, above all others. If we love the things of Father, if we, love, if we love the things of Father, we're going to be irresistible. You're gonna have a cologne on you that is irresistible. We need to be, we need to be actually concerned. A barometer, a barometer for your life, a barometer for your life should be. Does anybody like me? If nobody likes you, you could be out of the oil of gladness. And a different oil. <laughs> A different musk might be coming off of your body. Rattle my cage, Lord. Never pay back evil for evil to anyone. This is verse 17 of Romans chapter 12. Never. Look it up in the Greek. It means never. Never pay back evil for evil to anyone. But respect what is right in the sight of all men. If possible, so far as it depends upon you, be at peace with all men and stop justifying why they hate you. Never, I added that part, never take your own revenge, beloved, but leave room for the wrath of God. Your own revenge, don't do it. But if your enemy is hungry, grab them a hungry meal. And if they're thirsty, give them something refreshing. We gotta be careful that we don't move uh, from spiritual to wacky. Now, you know, and we can take on a martyr's mindset. Bless God if they don't like it. I've got Jesus. This, this uh, martyr's mindset, listen, rejecting, overcoming rejection with rejection and a martyr's mindset can affect us in the way that we dress, the way we talk. We don't care if we fit in. The way we talk, the way we dress, the way we look, the way we groom ourselves, what we do, lifestyle. Paul said, look, I'm going to be wise. I'm here to win people to Jesus. So 1 Corinthians 9.22, I will become all things to all people that I might, in fact, win some. So in other words, he says, I'm going to be really smart. I'm going to be wise. Jesus said this about relating to culture. Be as wise as serpents, harmless as doves. It's important for us to acknowledge and to recognize favor on our lives and to have a desire to have influence with people and to be used of God and to not justify our disfavor with spiritual spirituality. Proverbs 18.24, I want to bring your thought to a couple thoughts. Proverbs 18.24. Proverbs 18.24, this is, I mean, this is these, some of these things... Uh, are just basic, but they're good, right? A man that has friends should show himself friendly. Sometimes our friendships are limited. Now, this is New American Standard and King James as well. New American Standard says a man that has friends must show himself friendly, and there's a friend that sticks closer than a brother. Proverbs eleven twenty-five: He who waters, will he himself be watered. Matthew 6.38, give and it shall be given to you. This is not a money scripture first, it's a love scripture first. Serving, loving, caring for one another, give and it shall be given unto you, pressed down, shaken together, running over, will men pour into your lap or your bosom or your collection device. So just wisdom is, as we seek to have healthy relationships, we need to be sowing love into others and thinking first, how do I build healthy relationships? Talking more about them, reaching into their lives, loving them more, showing genuine, sincere concern for others more than we do for ourselves. The most powerful word that the other person you're talking to will ever hear is, guess what? It's their name. And the most powerful thing you can do in building relationship is let them talk. Show yourself friendly. Show yourself friendly. If a person's going to have friends, then they must show themselves friendly. And by the way, the church can be a very dangerous place because it can be a place where we gather, but a place of sur- superficial acquaintances. And if the church for you is a place of superficial acquaintances, then you are not fulfilling the mandate or the call of the wisdom of Proverbs 24, that there is a friend that sticks closer than a brother, and he wasn't talking about Jesus. He's talking about cultivating real relationships, showing yourself friendly, becoming transparent, building friendships in such a way that that because most of us live distanced from our relatives even, so that when there's trouble or when there's a need in our lives, we have a relationship that's closer than a blood relationship. And for me, many of you in my life, many of you in my life, I will call you before I will call Brother Bob in the Dallas organ. He's my blood brother, but you're closer but it comes through cultivation, it comes through time spent, it comes through transparency, it comes through wisdom, other keys to wisdom and I I think these are these are critical uh, as well and they play into us having healthy relationships with people and finding ourselves in favor instead of out of favor is having a spirit of excellence. There's a very crazy, crazy uh, two verses in Proverbs 19 and verse 7. These are crazy verses, but these are foundational to wisdom. And when I say we need wisdom, and that wisdom in relationships will take us where faith can't, here's what I mean by that. I mean you might be saying, by faith. You might be saying, God adds to my relationships. You might be prophesying, God builds my life with favor. You might be saying, God gives me favor in all that I do. You might be declaring promises over your life, promises, precious and magnificent promises, as we find in 2 Peter chapter 1. Yes? Yes. And you might be speaking prophetically over your future, and there's nobody bigger on that than me. And you might be binding devils. I bind devils of disfavor. I bind devils of rejection. I bind devils of reproach and shame. I bind, and you might be just having a heyday prophesying the promises of God and binding the work of the enemy. Yes? Yes? But if you're not skilled it may limit you. If you're not generous, it may limit you. If you're not prospering, it may limit you. If you're not excellent in all you do, it may limit you. And this is where I'm saying, and this is where the Word is saying, be careful how you build. Be a master architect. You've laid a foundation of faith. Now build on that foundation. Listen to these verses. Many will seek the favor of a generous man. And every man is a friend to him who gives gifts. Are you a tightwad? Are you a tightwad? You can prophesy increased influence, favor and relational breakthroughs from now until the Lord comes back. But if you're a tightwad, you are limiting what God wants to do through your life. And many will seek the favor and the friendship of those who are generous. It goes on in verse 7. And this one will just blow you away. All of the brothers of a poor man hate him. How much more do his friends abandon him? Though he pursues them with words, they are gone no really really hang out with me how come you never want to be with me how come we never hang out together how come you never call me how come when I text you you don't text me back and then I Facebook you and you don't Facebook me back and I ah, rah rah and so you're confronting their rejection of you this is not just financially poor by the way this passage if you would be honest with me right now if you would be honest with me you could think of one two or three people that you shun, that you shun because of some realm of poverty. You've been listening to Restored Life Radio. For more information on the Restored Life Institute, contact us at 253-922-1502.